welcome to Side Talks. The boys are back in town. The boys <laughs> are back right. in town. The they are. are. What, are, what are the other lyrics? That's uh, it. Nobody the knows. The boys are back in town. Well, I used to go see the Birmingham Bulls back in the 1900s, uh-huh. the early 1900s. Uh, they every time that they came back from a home game, they played that. I don't know if that's a sports thing they do with all sports teams whenever they come back. I hope so. Boys are back in I town. I mean, how else are you gonna know that the boys are back in town? No, no, I couldn't do "Welcome Back, Welcome Back" because I've already done that one. Yeah, and I don't know the bitches back would be good. Maybe Brad, can you give us a little Elton "The Bitches Back"? I can do that. That'd be a good one, too. But who are you talking about? Apropos, as they say, bish. Um, We're a podcast where we we have sports hype songs that bring us in every fucking time. And you're uh, back from uh, the the continent. Let's call it a stunt. Um, You're back from the old world, uh, from Europe. I'm back from hell, bitch. (laughs) All right, let's start talking about movies. Let's do it. Get ready for a five-minute fight. Five-minute round one fight. fight. Yep, and here we are. As you mentioned, I'm back from out of town. Chloe was uh, gracious enough to come in and take my seat for a few episodes, and here I am ready to roll up my sleeves and get right to it, pissing everybody off left and right when we argue about... Top Gun. Top Gun. The original Top Gun from... From 1986. Tony Scott's. Go ahead and start the... Yeah, go ahead and start it, Brad. We, you know, it's funny that you mentioned this uh, because Chloe and I had a very lengthy Tom Cruise discussion. Oh yeah, uh, during the the podcast recording last time. Does she um, love or hate? Well, she definitely used to love as a child, and yeah. and and shared a a fan letter she wrote. Um, and I imagine that Top Gun is one of the main reasons why young Chloe gravitated toward Tom Cruise, along with the rest of the world. Sure. Look, I'm not like the world's biggest Top Gun fan. I think it's a good movie. I think Tom Cruise is good in it. It's fun. It's dumber than hell, but it has jets that go vroom, vroom. And honestly, like, yeah, this new one, Top Gun Maverick, has kind of reignited everybody's Top Gun fever. Maverick is a better movie, ultimately. But I do like Tony Scott. I like the sort of 80s, you know, cocaine and car commercial aesthetic that he brings to this that Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer brought to a lot of their productions. I like all that stuff. Okay. I acknowledge that it has problems. I acknowledge that it's stupid. Do you not really like this movie? So I d- actually don't. I rewatched it recently. Uh-huh. I rem- you know, I have some, I-, I teared up a little bit at the Maverick trailer, as I told you when they first dropped that, you know, months and months ago, maybe years ago, even. If uh, I'm, yeah, probably probably like years three ago. years ago. And so I'm excited about it. And my, my memories of Top Gun were fond, but I threw it in the VHS player recently. And man, is this thing so hard to watch. It's just, it's, here's the thing. It's not as fun as it should be. Mm. As a matter of fact, it's not, it's not very fun. My memory of it was kind of that it was fun, but it's not very fun. Um, Tom Cruise, Thomas fucking Cruise, even though I do love Tom Cruise, is unredeemably annoying in it. He's pretty he's, annoying. Maverick is an annoying character in the first movie, for sure. He's just over... The ego is just too much. Him just sitting there, like, lean back in the in the desk as a student is annoying. He, he just acts like a dick Were the whole you on, time. You're on Team Iceman? 
A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. kind of am too. Yeah. Um, the, the, the action sequences, I think, are kind of, uh, I don't know, they're a little bit convoluted and boring. I mm. found, I didn't find the flying stuff that fun. You know, of course, there I could lean in on all the pro-America, pro-war bullshit, which I don't need. But I'm going to go even a step beyond that and just say that there's zero chemistry between Tom Cruise and Kelly McGillis. Oh, of course not. Probably because they're both queer. Uh, well... <laughs> 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 uh, one out of two, at least confirmed, right? Um, oh, that co- that Scientology uh, is that, is that cover actionable? is I don't is know if so, that's actionable. So thin. Um, but oh, uh, yeah, no, that that the love story is ridiculous. There um, is some chemistry between him and Val Kilmer. Of course, that part is enjoyable. Yeah. I will give you. I will throw you um, that bone. But you know the, the Tom Cruise Kelly McGillis stuff works in as much as it works. It only really works because of like. The the take my breath away song right that's it and and the music in this all together I think is really fun and good you've got classic Harold Faltermeyer classic Giorgio Moroder okay Moroder there is stuff. some good stuff but this the the singing scene the the very famous bar scene oh yeah that's annoying it, it's well and not only is it annoying but I found it to be this time around especially embarrassing to watch I found it I had to look away from the screen it was so bad the there's a know, reprisal in Maverick by oh, the way oh good because God. of is course it, there is is it good or bad it's pretty lame is it hard to watch I mean that one sequence yeah. is yeah um, it sounds like our major difference here because a lot of what you're saying I agree with but I'm willing to put put that sort of aside because I do think the action stuff is cool. I think the plane yeah, stuff I is d- cool. I disagree. I um, think it's just okay at some points. I, I I find it hard to kind of follow somehow mm. in, re- in the rewatch. I think that Meg Ryan's the MVP here. Wow. I was excited. I know. Exactly. I'm going to go that far. <laughs> I was excited when she came on screen. I was just like, oh, look at it, young Meg Ryan. I really, she's really likable and actually a little different. You know, Meg Ryan kind, yeah. of, kind of is always the same character, but she's a little sidestep. This is early success Meg Ryan. Right? Yeah, this is pre-Harry Met Sally. Yeah, this is before she's sort of carrying films mm-hmm. and she's just so incredibly adorable in this, but she's, I want more Meg. I need more Meg in this. There's not, she's, she's barely in it. So there's not enough Meg Ryan and it's hard. It's, it's a tough call when you have to say she's the MVP in this thing, but I, I believe she is. Val Kilmer. You're forgetting old Val. I think I like Val's Val the MVP. Fine. I like Val just fine. And I certainly like him more than I like Thomas Cruz in this, but it's just a lot of sweaty men. And I've seen enough sweaty men in my life. You don't want to um, hang out with the boys on the, on the beach no. playing beach volleyball. No. And, and I saw a meme the other day, so I can't take credit for this, but well, was a really great meme, which was uh, a lot of people don't know that the volleyball and um, what is that? What is the Tom Hanks movie? Castaway. Castaway. Yeah, is the same, you know, same star as the one from Tom. Uh, maybe, maybe the volleyball, maybe Wilson is actually the MVP here. I'd be willing to accept that. Corey's just not even going to try anymore because he's just hoping to win based on the fact that this is fucking Top Gun. I mean, again, like, I, I don't have that much skin in the game here. I think it's a good movie, though. There's a lot of skin in the game in that volleyball there sequence. There is a lot of skin in that volleyball sequence. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see. Top Gun, or Tom Gun, as I like to call it. Do I don't you like, like to, call, like to it. call it? I don't. I really dislike calling it that. I'm sorry. Hey, Sam, <laughs> can I try to sway you by letting you know that at one point in time in Dothan, Alabama, there was a restaurant called Top Tie and the Top Gun logo? Like their their okay, outside cool. sign was in the Top Gun logo, Top Thai. Why would that points. sway him against Top Gun? <laughs> I'm making him, I'm making him think about Thai food, which associates oh, me man, with I am and its sea. We're all just hungry, <laughs> we're, so we're just going to talk about Thai food. If 
we were walking in Dothan. Oh we could all God. go to Top Tie. Okay, so uh, Rachel says that it's not as fun as it should be, and I can totally see that. Um, for what it is, it's Tom Cruise with a ton of fight- fighter jets and fighter pilots. It's just it should be more fun, but it's kind of a slog. Um, the controversial controversial opinion of Meg Ryan being the MVP gets you like five thousand points alone just for saying that. <laughs> um, Let's see. If we were fighting this the week it came out in theaters, like 1986, I would absolutely side with Corey, I think. Right. Because it's cool. It's just testosterone-filled. It has jets that go vroom, vroom, like Corey said. They go vroom, vroom. Cocaine and car commercial vibes. Great soundtrack. Um, But yeah, and it's an overused phrase nowadays, but it hasn't aged well, I think. Mm. Going back to look at it, just not not entertaining. Um, Too many sweaty men. It's just Baywatch with some plane flying sequences. Uh, Rachel wins by a lot. Sorry, Corey. Yes, yes. M- Maverick is better, though, genuinely. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing it, and I would not have. Ar- I agree with Sam. I would never have argued this the week it came out. The week it came out, mm. I was pumped. I mean, I, I saw this thing in the theater. I mean, I, th- I think yeah. I've told you. You maybe, have. Maybe You've shared it on this podcast. On the podcast that my drive home from that via my friend's dad, who was ex-military, was I'm fortunate to be here today. It was white knuckle as fuck, y'all. Like we were driving. He felt, he so felt the need, the need for speed. I mean, he felt it, and I mean, that was like the uh, what is the fucking song? Why can't I? My my brain danger is zone. Gone. Danger zone was on so loud between between my my bones and my body <laughs> and and my hearing. I, I can't believe I'm still here. That was the fastest I've ever driven in my life. Anyway, I won. Oh, man, Corey. So we were asked by About Town magazine a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, to come up with our top 10 favorite sequels. And so we're going to go through this list because it's out there in print. So I thought, let's run through it really quick in the audio form. That's right. Um, And we won't take long with it, but we're going to start with number 10 and go backwards. And we normally ping pong things, but this list is a bit out of sorts in in the sense that we both have the same number of films chosen here. But if we go in the order in which I place them, it's not you, me, you, me. There's a little bit of a hiccup in that simply because we both – had the same film on both of our lists, and so I elevated it to the top. Yeah, we we had uh, we had one film that we both agreed upon, um, which won't come as a surprise, I think, to listeners when we get to that. But I'll kick yeah. us off with number Please. ten. Um, my one of my favorite sequels, uh, making it at number ten on our, our list, is Richard Linklater's Before Sunset. I've talked about this uh, on the podcast a fair amount because it's my favorite of Linklater's. Uh, not only my favorite of Linklater's before trilogy, my favorite of Linklater's films, period. Um, and and it's the one that reteams with Jesse and Celine, Ethan Hawke and, and Julie Delpy. Nine years after they met as 20-something-year-olds yeah. on the train, uh, they meet in Paris. They're older. They're wiser. They're a little bit more uh, embittered about certain things, uh, about the way their lives have shaken out. And um, it's just – uh, complicated and and deeply moving and romantic and great. It's a great movie. Cool. Well, my number nine comes in uh, from, I guess, what year was this released? 1988? 88. Yeah, and it's The Decline of Western Civilization Part 2, The Metal Years, bitch, in your face. <laughs> it's so fun. It's so good. The interviews are so stylish. And, you know, the original uh, Decline of Western Civilization was – 
punk focused. It was a favorite of mine as a as a young kid, and uh, this certainly everybody was like, "What? She did metal? Fuck yes!" You know, and it covers this the metal scene in L.A. between eighty seven and eighty eight. And one of the things I talked about was that I think it's Gene Simmons, is it? Paul Stanley. Paul Stanley uh, from Kiss, who this film opens up with him laying in bed. And, and you first see him being interviewed with his arm around uh, your typical sort of video vixen, if you will. Uh-huh. And it cuts back and forth to other interviews. And then we go back to him. He is there. It reveals that there are three or four other women in the bed with him. I have never seen any of these movies. I know I need to. You've I, got I to. would really like to. They're kind of hard to track down. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I should definitely check this out because it sounds it's really entertaining. Incredible. And you, any, any, but any who's who in the metal world at that at that time is in this film being interviewed, and there's some crazy shit. There's some crazy shit in this nice. film. Uh, one of my favorite scenes is a band. I think it's the band Odin, uh-huh. who I'm not terribly familiar with, but they they are featured a good bit in this, who come on stage and they're announced, fuck Russia. So it's a good time to watch this. They're like, cool. fuck Russia. We're going to burn this Russian fucking flag right now in your <laughs> face before we sing our song, Russian Winter. And they can't get the flag to light. <laughs> There's a lot of sort of unforgettable moments like that. That sounds awesome. Highly recommended landing at number nine, but certainly wouldn't be upset if it was further up on the list, but that's where it is. Well, at number eight, we have Sam Raimi's 2004 film Spider-Man 2, which for my money is still one of the best superhero movies ever made. Sam Raimi um, is kind of let off the leash and he goes um, into some more, let's say, Evil Dead adjacent territory in this movie. This is the one with Alfred Molina as Dr. Dr. Otto Octavius, Doc Ock. Who fuses those tentacles to his back oh and goes god. crazy? Oh my uh, god! But but the the key to this, the heart of this, is of course Tobey Maguire as Peter Parker and of course and it is. Um, uh, Kirsten Dunst as uh, Mary Jane Watson. Oh, I forgot. Do you do you not like Tobey Maguire? Have we talked about that recently? Is this the one with the upside down kiss? No, that's the first one. Because that one upset that upsets me. No, that's a great oh, scene. I don't like it. Uh, Spider Man Two, great movie. Okay, well, whatever. Num- my number, you're going to be mad about, you're mad about my number six. I'm mad about your number eight. My number seven is Texasville from 1980, uh, excuse me, 1990, but directed by Peter Bogdanovich and not on anybody's list ever in the history of the world. This has not made a list. It's the but sequel to it. The Last Picture Show. That is correct. It is the, it is the many years later sequel to The Last Picture Show and it is incredible fun i would argue and mm. and also not incredibly fun at times i mean it's got it certainly doesn't have the darkness of the last picture show right. but it does you would have not some... call that movie fun no and this one and this one is there's a especially for from somebody who lived in texas for a little bit of their childhood mm-hmm. there's the middle to nowhere dairy queen that everybody kind of runs into each other there's the big you know mcmansions and then the distance you can see the oil rigs yeah it's just a, it's a hilarious film. Everybody's wearing. I think Annie Potts. Everything she wears can be red. You know, it's like you can't be you, you can't be next. You can't be first, but you will be next, or what? You know, whatever yeah, yeah, bullshit yeah. it is. A woman's place is in the mall. You you name it. <laughs> There's a wine me dime me sixty nine me shirt on the teenage boy in the house too. Everybody's got shirts you can read. And Amazing. Yeah, it's re- it, hot tubs and it's fun. It's a lot of fun. And, and again, when it's not fun, it, it it's still enjoyable well go ahead and get number six out of the way too while we're at it because number six is lars von trier's nymphomaniac volume two from Uh, the feel-good movie of 2013 (laughs) 
Um, yeah. From one perspective. Um, ugh. I don't I, have I've a lot been, to say. I've been uh, pretty forthcoming about my dis- distaste for Nymphomaniac, a movie that was made to provoke oh, distaste. Sure. So I feel like part of me is like, well, you got what you wanted. And then part of me is like, you son of a bitch. You don't deserve my distaste because of the lengths you went to to provoke it. Uh, one of these days I'm going to rewatch it, but not today. <laughs> if you want to just dive into some incredible nihilism and self-hatred, this is the one for you. Yeah, I'll watch any number of other Lars von Trier's movies first, but whatever. Well, your number five is the one that's on everyone's list, it, right? So. I, it's on everybody's list. And, and frankly, it's on everybody's list because it kind of has to be because – it's an unimpeachable classic. It's it's from 1974. It's Francis Ford Coppola's The Godfather Part Two, and as far as I'm concerned, like it's kind of obligatory to include this movie on a best sequels of all time list. I knew you were going to do it for sure. Yeah, I mean, just because it's one of the best movies of all time. Uh, the the first two Godfather films as a duo uh, complement each other beautifully, and um, that that unimpeachable run that. Francis Ford Coppola was in in the 70s where he made The Godfather, The Conversation, The Godfather Part Two, and Apocalypse Now. I mean, it's just one of the most amazing runs in cinematic history. So that being said, this is the one that that sort of functions as prequel and sequel um, where you are cutting between a young uh, Vito Corleone played by right. Robert De Niro um, coming to America and becoming a crime boss. And then later in life, of course, his son, Michael, played once again by Al Pacino, who has taken over the family's uh, business, um, who is now sort of losing his soul uh, to the life of crime he has subsumed himself in. It's a perfect continuation of the first film. Um, and uh, many would say it equals, if not betters, the first film. So yeah, it just kind of has to be it. there. Interestingly, I, yeah. it's one of those sequels that a lot of people prefer, which you, d- you I'm, rarely I'm not, hear. I'm not about. sure that I do. I, I prefer right. the first Godfather, but... Um, Godfather Part Two is a masterpiece, so it has to be on this list. Okay, well, my number four, which beats out the Godfather Part Two, and I know, <laughs> and I know that's making you just you know pump your fist. I feel some air. kind of way about it. Whatever. It's Scream Two from 1997, directed by the one, the only Mister uh, Sir Wes Craven Sir in Wes. my world, and uh, it's the sequel suck one. You know, yeah. it's the one where it's incredibly meta, a lot of fun, and there's a film, and it called there's a film within the film called Stab. It's it's hilarious. Yeah. I also think that's part of what inspired the uh, the film within a film in The Sopranos. Yeah, 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 yeah. If that makes sense. So anyway, I love it. I, I love you know me. I love almost all of the screams. Almost, almost all, all of them. The screams. And this is a this is a favorite. I think it. I think it does exactly what you want a sequel to do, mm-hmm. and it has a lot of fun with it. It's really good. Uh, well, number three is another one of those obligatory sequels uh, that that shows up on every list. Um, because how do you follow up the most successful movie of all time? Uh, that's a question that many you know filmmakers have sort of faced and and failed. Um, but they did not fail in 1980 with The Empire Strikes Back. Right. Another um, film that am I wrong? A lot of people prefer. Yes. To Star Wars. I think yes. I might. You know, I go back and forth between this and the original, you know, OG 1977 Star Wars, but unquestionably this sort of deepens and enriches the whole science fiction mythos of George Lucas's original creation, sends those memorable characters from the first movie on a new adventure. I I don't even know why I'm still talking about The Empire Strikes Back, as if anybody listening to this podcast has not seen The Empire Strikes Back. And this is Ewoks, right? Yoda. 
Yoda. Okay. Yeah, Ewoks are what part are Ewoks three? three? Okay. Return of the Jedi. Gotcha. Um, and they're fun, you know, when we get there. But but Empire's the Empire's the quote unquote dark one. Yeah. Where the heroes lose in the end, and that's kind of you know interesting and appealing, and and kind of a you know a not typical turn you would expect a sequel to a big uh, rousing. Uh, family adventure entertainment to to take. So good for them. Good cool. movie. Yeah, I gotcha. Well, number two is... This is a movie I love, too. Just, I want to get that out Number there. two? Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. It's this amazing. Is, this is a truly amazing sequel. It should be on every sequel list. It should be. It is Gremlins 2, The New Batch. Of course. From I mean, 1990, director Joe Dante. Joe, where Warner Brothers is like, hey, Joe Dante, um, you want to make a Gremlins sequel? And he was like, you sure you want me to make a Gremlins sequel? Because, uh, okay, it's going to be half Looney Tunes, half, you know, uh, daytime infomercial entertainment, all just anarchic comic chaos. It's bonkers it's as hell. It's so it is, crazy. It is, it is definitely number one on the craziest sequels of all time list, right? Um, And, you know, it's got um, Hulk Hogan uh, – well, the the film strip breaking because the gremlins, you know, shred the film strip. So it looks as if you're sitting in a the theater watching it as if the gremlins are in the theater. And then you it's cut the to Hulk Hogan in the lobby. And he's like, people paid for their snacks, brother. You can't stop the picture show. <laughs> and he just goes and like, you know, gets in a fight with gremlins. And then the film resumes eventually. It's just one of the funniest things. I love this movie. I mean, just so many amazing jokes in this thing from start to finish. And bonkers hilarious creature creations like the gremlin that's just made of salad yeah exactly yeah. this film gets me every time it's like a drug to me yeah i watch it and i'm like this is the greatest film ever made yeah now, I, mean, I, get, I get a few hours away from it and i'm like what are you thinking this isn't the greatest film ever made but i'm I, while i'm watching it i'm like putting it raising it above citizen kane on list <laughs> because it's just so freaking wild and bonkers i i love it yeah it's the best. So that's why it lands at number two. We are in somewhat agreement here, unlike some of the other films on the list. Well, we're also in agreement on number one. Number one. So you take it. Mad Max Fury Road. What else it's is amazing. there to say? It's uh, amazing. From 2015, the years later uh, sequel from George Miller, who followed up. I mean, Thunderdome came out in what, 87, 88 or something like that? Thunderdome. So Town. late 80s. Um, and then he, he takes a long hiatus from Mad Max movies. And, you know, come 2010 or something, he's like, this is a passion project. I've been wanting to do this forever. He goes out into the desert. Years go by, right? And you're just like, what does he come up with? What is he doing out there? This is going to be some grand catastrophe, isn't it? And the movie finally comes out in 2015 at the beginning of the summer. And it's just one of the most amazing cinematic spectacles ever committed to film. I mean, you watch this movie and you 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 can't help but wonder, like, how did – Hundreds of people not die during the making of this thing. Right, You've lots got, of practicals too. Uh, practical effects. These these massive vehicles, you know, mostly practically built, right? That that are flinging stunt people hither and yon. You've got people up on poles on these cars as they're zooming through the desert, um, and it's just got some of the most spectacular stunt work, visual effects, practical effects. One of the greatest um, heroes of all time. Oh my God! I mean, it just. One Charlize the, Theron is she's amazing. So amazing. In this. She's, she's such so a amazing. And let's give credit that she's not being cast as a, a, a you know twenty four year old superhero either, right? She's I think at this point at least you know starting to to be a little older than yeah um, what we would usually see in an action film, which I really for, for, for women at least, and I really appreciate that too. So 
it's a it's a great film. Yeah, it's so great, and every time I watch it, it just gets better. So yeah, it's this, a lot, it's it's also just a lot of fun. Yeah. Too. Oh God, it's it's so fun. So. This, I think, I mean, all due respect to, you know, the canonical masterpiece, The Godfather Part 2, but this, this for me <laughs> is, is, is the best movie sequel possibly ever made. So The Godfather Part 2 gets plenty of love, Corey. It's going to be just fine. Yeah, it's, it's, it's be up there on its masterpiece shelf. It's going to be fine sitting pretty mid-list here. But if Mad Max Fury Road is not already seen as an equal to these all-time sort of canonical masterpieces, and in some circles I think it is, Give it a couple more years because it it has earned its place up there. It deserves to be up there. Agreed. And that's our list of top 10 sequels of all time. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Side Talks. We're your own personal cinematic Ben Chu and Elaine Brendenhoft. Bredenhoft? I don't know what this refers to at all. How do you not know? Where have you been? Where have you been for the last six months? I don't know. When you say Ben and Elaine, I think of The Graduate. Well, that's fair. But these are the attorneys for Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Oh, that's why I don't know what that is. You've, because have, I, have you been successfully able to ignore this? Everything I, I learned haven't. Everything I learned about this case was entirely against my will. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I perfect, per, purposely... Well, you and the jury, by the way, so, oh, well, that was not sequestered. Sure. I purposefully tried to stick my head in the sand and avoid this, and then a couple, I don't know, a week ago now, I noticed that the worst people in the world were celebrating, so I assume this didn't end up going <laughs> Let's not the talk way it about should. it. I think we don't talk about it. I, it's not been a popular uh, topic, but what I can tell you now, and I know you're, for the most part, not on social media. I, I'm off on Twitter more than I should be, but off, off, of Facebook, off of Facebook. So what's happened now are these memes that are... Well, uh, as a culture, we've moved away from burning women at the stake, but we've replaced it, I think, with this sort of spectacle. So, anyway, that's, great, that's great. who those individuals are. Those cool. Are the, Good uh, for them. The attorneys in, in that saga. Great. I hope they can sleep at night. <laughs> One of them can. Know. Probably. Anyway, um, thanks to Batwell Studios. Uh, and thanks to our sponsor, Revelator Coffee, uh, serving up delicious coffee, uh, delicious life-saving coffee down in uh, downtown Birmingham uh, abroad, every day of the I week. Think, right? Uh, other places, yes. Well, I hope so. Yeah, I think so. Because everybody needs to know that uh, delicious coffee we as intimately you, as I do. Uh, they're the best. Um, what else do we say here? Sidewalkfest.com. Come right. see a film with us at the cinema. Check us out on social media at Sidewalk Film on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We won't be sharing any triumphant Johnny, Johnny Depp memes, at least in the near future. God, I hope not. Um, and uh, yeah, we're showing movies there at the cinema, and we're also gearing up for the 24th annual Sidewalk Film Festival. Last week of August, passes are on sale now. I don't know when you're going to hear this, but pass prices go up. On June fifteenth, so yeah, if you somehow they, they probably have missed it now. Well, you missed so. it. You fucked up. You should have gotten well, those passes last time. I told sorry, you to get dude. them, uh, but they're still, you know, they're they're lower in price than they will be as the summer progresses. So even though you missed that first tier, don't of do pricing, it again. Yeah, you you have time to redeem yourself and save a little bit of more money. Get them passes now because we've got a really good lineup shaping up 
for the 24th annual film festival. We can't tell you what it is, though. You'll just have to wait and see. So that's Bye. it. Bye. Bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise. <laughs>